Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. I encourage you to follow because I do a lot of giveaways. I'll be giving something away today, so you want to follow on one of the social media platforms so you can win. I also want to let you know you can email me. I'm at SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. And I want to just thank you guys for following and downloading, and hopefully you're learning some great information and finding out about, you know, new authors, new artists, new actors that maybe you hadn't heard of before. Uh, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Well, this morning, this is a writer I hadn't heard of, but now that I heard of, I told her, I want to read the rest of the book. She mainly writes for children, and I said, I don't care because it just seems so cool. (laughs) We all have a little inner child in us. She's a New York Times bestselling author, the recipient of the Children's Literature Legacy Award, the Virginia Hamilton Literary Award, and the NCTE Award for Excellence in Poetry for Children. Her distinguished works include Southwest Sunrise, which is illustrated by Wendell Minor, the Prince Honor and Seaver Honor books, Ordinary Hazards, NAACP Award nominee, Planet Middle School, Coretta Scott King Award winner for Bronx Masquerade, and I could go on. She has so many books, like I said. You definitely want to check her out. Her name is Nikki Grimes. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am so happy that you are on the call with me, and wow, this book, Legacy, is amazing, really amazing. Thank you. So let's just start with you, because some people, again, may not be familiar. Um, I know you started writing at a young age when you were six. Tell us a little bit about this journey of why you became a writer and and what did it do for you? Well, initially, my first years of writing were really about survival. Um, Writing was the way I coped with things. It was how I processed what was going on in the world, Um, but especially just I, I had a need to ex- not only express myself, but to get things off my chest that I couldn't talk to anybody about because I felt alone. So I was in and out of foster care. So I was always surrounded by strangers, and I'd have these feelings and these thoughts, um, and I had nowhere to go with them. And one day I just started to set them on the page just to have somewhere to go with those thoughts and feelings. And I was amazed to to discover, after I had written my first piece, how much calmer I felt, Mm. how I was able finally to breathe in a way I hadn't been able to before. And I realized, hey, I've I've caught on to something here. I've discovered something here that was powerful. I couldn't really articulate that, but I knew at the end of writing I felt better so I kept doing it. And then when I was in, 
maybe the end of middle school, early high school, I began to think of it not only as a survival tool, but as a possible career. Mm. This is something I can do with my life. Um, And I was also an avid reader, so I put those two things together. I knew what books did for me as a reader, and I wanted to be able to do that for others as a writer, give them that experience of coming to the page and, and discovering that they were not all alone in the world. There was someone else that had that experience and someone else who, who having that experience came out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the, the power and the magic of books, of literature. And I tapped into that and I, I recognized it as something valuable, something important. Um, and I thought, yeah, this is something I want to do. So when you used to go to the library, what was your favorite book or maybe the first couple of favorite books you had? It wasn't even a favorite book. Being in in foster care where you don't have your own things and you don't have, you know, books coming into the home that are your own, um, I just read ravenously. I would read across genres. Uh, So it would be, you know, biographies and it would be, um, Viking tales, and it would be detective stories, and I was really all over the map in my reading. Now, sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, that's fine. So, when did you decide about this focus for the children um, uh, and and youth? When did when did that decision, like this is my path here? Well, that wasn't really a decision. I sort of stumbled into it. I knew that I had a couple of ideas for children's books. It wasn't what I was planning on, though. Um, I was very much planning to to write for adults. I was writing poetry and publishing and Ms. and and Essence and doing freelance pieces, and and that was sort of my trajectory at that time. I was doing doing poetry readings in the universities, and I would, you know, be on programs with... Giovanni and Sonny Sanchez, and that was the route I was going. There were these two ideas I had, and I thought, well, I'll just write these two books, and then I'll go back to writing for adults. (laughs) And after the second book, I had an idea for a third, and then an idea for a fourth, and an idea for a fifth, and then I looked up one day, and 35 years had passed, and I had a career in children's literature. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a second here. <laughs> and I said to someone, but I, I never got to write the great American novel. And he yeah. said, yes, you did. You just wrote it for teens. See? So I was like, mm-hmm. ah, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> now, um, I read that your mentor was James Baldwin. How did you With meet him, and how did, how did that come about, your first mentor? Well, I was 17, which means I... I, I believed that everything and anything was possible, that it never occurred to me that I couldn't meet him. Um, he was speaking at the second memorial, I think, for Malcolm X, and it was uh, taking place in a, um, in a school uh, in Harlem, someplace mm-hmm. I could get to easily. And, so, and he was my favorite author at that point. So I, I went to this event, sat in the front row so that I wouldn't miss a thing, and when he came off the stage after his talk, he um, he left the auditorium. Okay. And I went running after him <laughs> with my spiral 
notebook full of poetry in hand because I always had it with me. And yeah. I'm running down the corridor. Mr. Baldwin, Mr. Baldwin, can I speak to you for a minute? Mr. Baldwin, Mr. Baldwin. And he stops. And he waits for me to get there. And I'm all out of breath. I'm like, oh, I'm a writer too. And, you know, would you read some of my work and tell me what you think? No. And he stood there in the hall and he took that notebook and he read it from cover to cover. And then he turned it over to the back, and he wrote his name and his address and his phone number and gave it back to me, and he said, you call me. Mm, mm, mm. And I did. Wow. Amazing, amazing. Now, you know, young authors are, you, you go to schools a lot, and they, and they look up to you, and they're reading your books. Um, do you see that feistiness or that, that gleam in their eyes and would you take them on and be their mentor? Because I read that you mentor some writers. Yes, but not, not that young. Um, okay. I mean, I, I encourage them. I write to them. I give the suggestions to them. Um, but not till they're a little bit older. I okay. just meet uh, a young woman recently in high school who's just doing some phenomenal work, and I invited her to contact me. Um, but she's far enough along that she could really benefit um, mm-hmm. from, from what I, you know, what I could teach her and how I could guide her. Um, not younger than that, though. But now, I, I will encourage them. Okay, that's good because I also read that you actually sign cards and send them to, like thousands of cards and send the cards out to them. Is that true? Oh, I, I yeah, I send bookmarks and I respond to all the fan mail that I get and. That kind of thing, sure, all the time. When do you sleep? Those because are my best days, actually. A few days oh, okay. ago, um, I had fan mail day, and there are always some interesting things in the mix. And I had this one uh, letter from a seven-year-old who's already reading one last word. I was mm. like, what? And she's very articulate. Um, she already has her favorite poets, and. You know, she's she's reading Maya Angelou and I, I forget who else, Robert Foss and, oh, let's see, uh, Emily Dickinson. She was naming her favorite poets at seven. I, I like, mean, what? Oh, my God. And she had um, fallen in love with one last word and, and tried her first golden shovel poem and sent that to me. I know adults Whoa. that are trying this form. I know, because let's talk about that. Tell the audience what this golden shovel uh, form is, because I was amazed, and that's why I'm so, like, just honored to read this book, Legacy, and and what you did. So tell the audience what the golden shovel The golden uh, shovel uh, poetry form, um, first uh, minted by Terrence Hayes, was created um, to honor the work of Gwendolyn Brooks, and there's an anthology that's called the Golden Shovel Anthology, um, which I highly recommend, by the way. And I was one of the um, poets who uh, they reached out to for a contribution. And so I was learning this form for the first time, as were all the other poets involved. And the idea is to select a line, one or more lines, from an existing poem, and then you line those words up one by one in the right margin, and then you write an original line that ends in each of those words. So that mm-hmm. if, it, if the line has three words, you end up with a three-line poem. If it has seven words, you end up with a seven-line poem and so on. And so after doing this for this anthology, I just fell in love 
with the form and I saw the possibilities of it. And I couldn't wait to apply it to something else. And at the time, I'd been reading up on, I was searching for women poets of the Harlem Renaissance. I've been reading Renaissance poetry for years. I mean, I was born in Harlem. I did my first reading at the County Cullen Library mm-hmm. in Harlem. So I'm very much um, coming from that legacy myself and feel like I'm stepping into it very much so in, in doing this work. Um, and so I put those two ideas together. I thought this would be a great form to explore the work of those poets. And so the first anthology I did when this form was one last word. Um, but Legacy is a collection that I first dreamt of. That was the one I wanted to do, um, use with this form. Okay. However, it occurred to me that I would have it would be a very hard sell. I was going to go to the to a publisher and say, "There's this book I want to do about women you've never heard of in a uh-huh. you've never heard of." I thought, right. "Yeah, that's no, that's not going to work." So instead, I did a collection featuring primarily male poets of whom everyone was aware, and I wove in a few women, and the book was responded to so well, got so much critical acclaim that I was then able to go back, having created a market for it, and say, okay, now this is what I really want to do. Right, And the publisher was like, whatever you want. I'm like, good, I'm good to go. So (laughs) this really is the book of my heart. Now, as a woman in this industry, did you have a difficult time? Do you think you were getting paid the right amount for your contracts? Uh, what kind of struggles did you have as as a female writer and a black female writer at that? Well, yeah, it's always it's always a challenge um, in anything we do. Uh, we are challenged. Um, <clears throat> economic parity, we're, we're not there yet. We're, we're okay. still not there. That continues to be a battle. But just in terms of getting work done um, that reflects our culture, that reflects our our spoken language, our dialect, our colloquialisms, all those things, um, you have to bat- do battle for. Um, I've done battle with, with, with editors about the names of my characters because I'm using, you know, we have these really wonderfully, wildly imaginative names that we come up with for our kids, <laughs> okay. um, often combining the names of, you know, two different ancestors to, you know, come up with a new name, that sort of thing. And and we have unique spellings that we want to use and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And so I've had to do battle about those things and, and finally just say, look, trust me, I know what I'm doing here. This is going to ring true for my readers. And, you know, this is authentic. Just go with it. You know? yeah. So there have been those kinds of things and how much to use uh, dialect, you know, and dialogue and, all those things are battles. They're all battles. Do you, think, do you think it's easier now than it was when you started, or is it the same? No, it's it's definitely uh, easier in, in those terms. And then I have less, I have fewer battles because I'm I've proven myself. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. somebody's really going to question my authority right. in these areas as much at this, at this point. But, hey, I've been doing this for 43-plus years. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Don't argue with me. I know what I'm doing here. Yes, yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So now, did you want to read some something from the book? Absolutely. I did choose a few poems. Um, <clears throat> the first Golden Shovel poem in Legacy uh, draws on lines in a poem by May V. Cowdery. Um, her poem is titled Heritage, and I responded to it in a poem of my own titled Before. Mm. Before we were women, we were our daddy's daughters, the dark princesses who stole our father's hearts. A single story says they gave us little except disappointment, but ask us. Ask me and I'll chronicle the currency of love that splurged on me, the gift of yes, you can, and modeling dignity in the face of vile attacks on his manhood without ever shedding his humanity or surrendering to sorrow. Like many dark fathers, he'd reclaim his soul in the sweet strains of music, a lesson we daughters learned, siphon sadness through a song. Poet Mrs. Mm. Scott Delaney gave me a beautiful line to run with in her poem, Joy. Yes. I asked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Sorry. asked my poem, Leah's Reunion. Yearly, I join the celebration of woman joy, the blessing of unchecked tears when calamity shakes us or when beauty surprises. The comfort of sisters cradling me when death slithers into the neighborhood like a rattler striking yet another sweet sun, the promise of him broken. But there is also the cleansing wind of deep belly laughter as we gather round that love-worn kitchen table licking morsels of each story that lifts us. Without this maternal crew's guidance, a brown girl like me would simply be adrift. No wind, no sail. Yeah. And Spencer is a poet after my own heart because she was an avid gardener. I borrowed lines from her poem, Earth, I Thank You. And I wrote Sweet Sister because I don't see enough poetry in children's literature centering black characters engaging with nature. Mm-hmm. The words I borrowed are earth. I thank you for the pleasure of your language. Clay creatures, we forget our sisterhood with earth as if we could survive without her nourishment. I know better, but did I always? I thank her now. Sink your teeth into a peach, and so will you. Imagine a world without rosemary or rose, even for a moment. Where would the flavor or the fragrance be? How we'd miss the quiet pleasure earth brings to nose and tongue of which we are not worthy. Earth, your generosity deserves to be met with love's language. While working on Legacy, I went on a hunt for a specific line in a poem that would allow me to write about climate change because it's such a major issue of our time. And a line in the poem 
At the Spring Dawn by Angelina Weld Grimke took me where I wanted to go. The line was, and the red sun shouldered his way up, and it led me to my poem, Faithful. The punctured ozone layer bleeds radiation, and we offer complaint without apology for the years of desecration Earth has suffered. Red is no longer the color of jubilation, but warning. The sun will now allow wildfires to run rampant. Nature shouldered the brunt of man's mistreatment too long. Now it's his turn to pay. Even so, it is the way of creation to be faithful. Notice, each dawn, the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I'd like to share a piece written in response to the poem Flag Salute by Esther Popel. Her poem is a dark commentary on the Pledge of Allegiance and could have been written today with a special dedication to Colin Kaepernick. My response is titled, A Mother's Lament. Ancestral blood waters cotton fields and the earth I stand on. A history begun under lash. No pledge of liberty until war forced it. My people's allegiance to country was wrung from hearts of hope to one day be treated equal to the sons of the ones who shipped us naked to these shores under freedom's flag. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um that was one of the ones I liked and I also liked um Joy. I was like, Oh my god, I hope she picks Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, yeah, you know, I what can I say? <laughs> I, what can I say? What can I say? Um there's so many great ones. Uh one of the things I, I I remember reading is the reason poetry is different than prose and you talk about this aha moment. And it's so true because you're reading it and then it's just the one word or the one phrase or the one experience. You feel like you're smelling it or you're tasting it or you're hearing it. Um, and and it's so, it could be short. Like say it's a haiku. It, it could be just a very short thing, and, but you get like this explosion of flavors, like biting into a great peach. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I, I think that is so wonderful this this form of you know the golden shovel it's just so many like whoa i would not have thought about that way to use those words you know Let well me- and the same is true for me i mean one of the mm-hmm. things i love about the form is it feels very sculptural mm. in the way that a sculptor comes to a piece of stone or a piece of wood and he starts chipping away and you don't know what's inside of it until you get to that place, you get to the end, and, you, and then it's like, aha, that's what was hiding inside of that stone or inside of that piece of wood. Um, mm-hmm. And here you're coming with just a handful of words, and like, what am I going to do with it? What story is it going to tell? And you're just kind of chipping away at it line by line until you get to the end, and it's like, so that's what it was, and that's what it wanted to be. Yes, And I, I yes. love that about, about this form. Well, these women, um, like you said, almost these hidden figures you, you talk about, 
Um, some of them went to Girls High. I went to Girls High, so that was very noticeable in the in the back of the book. You, you give little um, stories about them. Um, many of them went to college, um, and many and several of them went out the country. How did you decide on who to put in and who to leave out? Oh, that that was definitely difficult. I mean, some of it had to do with I, I went in knowing knowing I wanted to write about certain themes. Um, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do something about nature. I knew I wanted to um, address um, climate change. I knew I wanted to say something about what was going on at the border. And so I have a poem that sort of addresses, you know, the caged children. Um, but in a broader sense, I just explored. I, I looked for lines that would take me somewhere that struck me, that I couldn't get out of my head, and those mm-hmm. were the ones that I worked with. I also had to be careful about the poems I chose in terms of language because we're talking about um, a different period in time, and, and I had to find, make sure I, I had language that I could translate to this time that would connect with young readers, you know, and stay away from sort of arcane phrasing, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So even within the poems I chose, I, I looked specifically for those lines that didn't have um, complicated language in terms of in terms of the, that usage. Um, so that you know that impacted it. But I I would have chosen more if I had had more room. I was constrained by um, space considerations from the publisher. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I found many more poets than I could possibly fit into this one collection. In fact, I ended up doing shorter poems um, so that I could fit in as many women as possible. As one last word, I had many, where I did, um, like, Life and He's Mother to Son, I did the entire, I used the entire poem. But I didn't do that here because I wanted just to fit in as many women as I possibly could. Um, you know, unfortunately, I had to, to leave a lot out. So I'm hoping to come back with uh, another collection at, at a later time. Ooh, that would be great. That would be great. Now, you yourself lived overseas. I think it was in Switzerland or Sweden for six years or so? I, yeah, I was in Tanzania for one year, and I was in Sweden for six. And how has that affected your writing, going out the country and, and traveling around? What's the impact been on your writing? Well, I certainly... Um, Every time you learn a new language, it expands the poss- the possibility of thought. You, you you think more broadly because you know you have languages where well, I guess what is it like a place like Alaska? There, it's many words for snow. So I mean, every mm-hmm. culture has something like that, some equivalent mm-hmm. um, that expands what is possible in language and, and, and yeah. variations. Um, and so. You sort of come to your to your mother tongue even with a, a a broader expanse of realizing greater possibilities than you did before, even for your own language. So I'm sure that's more of an indirect impact, but it's an impact nonetheless. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a sense of feeling walled in as as a writer because from of English you mean because of the wider world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. 
I think um, it definitely has an impact. Do you have time to read other writers? And if so, what are you reading right now? Yeah, that's been hard. I, I'm making, I've made more of a, an attempt to uh, get back to reading during this period. Um, mostly I'm so busy I don't have time. But right <laughs> now, I'll tell you how, how, how backed up I am. I'm finally reading Sold by Patricia, okay. Patricia McCormick. How many years has that been out? Uh, I have read things more recently. Um, I love, I, I read, of course, a lot of young adult literature, so I am uh, read a lot of Renee Watson is someone I like to read. Um, I like Joy McCullough, uh, who's just a fabulous poet. I read lots of poets. <laughs> yes. Cynthia Letitia Smith. I like to keep up with um, Native American authors. Um, okay. And then just, well, who don't I read? Lucille yeah, Clifton, Clifton, Lucille Clifton all day long <laughs> is okay. a poet I love. So, yeah, there are a number of people. Now, let me ask you, where do you write? Are you in your house? Do you go to the park? No, I'm in my train? house. You're in your house. In my house. Okay. Yeah. Has this has this COVID been good for you as a writer, or does it feel anything unusual because you are a writer and you you're like kind of isolated a lot to just write? Um. Yeah. There've been there've been issues. I mean, well, for one thing, I I fantasized that I would suddenly have all this time because I wasn't on the road because I spent a lot of yeah. time out speaking and. You know, that sort of thing. And that turned out not to be true because all of the conferences just went virtual. And, <laughs> and they're more time-consuming than the ones in person because everybody's uh, recording. And so instead of you just having one date on the calendar, you had two at least because mm-hmm. they have a date to record. And then they want you to be present for the date of for, for live Q&A and just the whole communication back and forth has been really um, time-intensive. So, And the other thing is that everyone assumed, oh, writers are home. They don't have anything to do. Let's do <laughs> more work. You know, so I, I've probably done a dozen anthologies in the last year. That never oh happens in a, in a year's time. Right, um, right, right. And getting more and more, you know, requests to do virtual visits. I even did a virtual poetry slam. And, out of um, a university in uh, out of Columbia, I think it was in New York. Um, so my time just vanished. Um, I also felt it in that I, I love to go on writing retreats uh, at least two or three times a year to work on projects okay. Okay. because at home there's always distractions. There's the laundry you know needs to get done, or you. You know, you notice something else in the house that you need to do, or there's always distractions. So I like to get away for a week at a time, uh, several times a year, to work on projects. And the amount of work I get done is exponentially different from what I get done at home. When you're so home, yeah. <laughs> being able to go uh, on retreat, that's that's been, yeah. I've, I've really missed that. So now I'm beginning to fantasize about travel again and, and being able to do retreats. 
now that I have my vaccine. So I'm like, yay. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I got to get mine and my second one in a couple of weeks. So I um, can't wait that hopefully that will, hopefully more and more people will get their vaccines and, and we can kind of get to some semblance of normalcy. I know it won't be the way we were, but um, hopefully we can at least be face-to-face near people and things like that who have been vaccinated. Well, I don't want to hold you up anymore. Thank you so much for all the time you've given this morning to us and sharing your story and legacy. I'm going to be giving away some copies of Legacy. So uh, I want to encourage everybody to follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. And um, Nikki, I want to mention your website is awesome. It's awesome for editors, for educators, for parents. She has this massive list. I just want to tell people, Persons of Color Literary Panel. You can click on it, and it has hundreds of writers. She has the categories. She got the location. She got the email. I mean, if you're looking for an author, um, I think she has illustrators, yes, also on yes. that list. Yes. Amazing. This is what's needed because, you know, people always say they can't find, well, I couldn't find a person of color. Blah, 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 blah. That was precisely why I created this list because I never wanted to hear that question, that comment again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. But please take some time um, for yourself. And, and that self-care day is important to rejuvenate. Maybe that's when you get your next retreat. I don't know, but hopefully it won't be that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, for sure. Thank you again. You have a wonderful weekend, okay? Thank you, you too. Thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, again, for tuning in. Just got off the phone with author Nikki Grimes, uh, amazing poetry. She's using this golden shovel technique on this book called Legacy, dealing with women writers from the Harlem Renaissance. Yes, women. There were women there, and they were helping the guys out, but they also had their own work. So you want to check that out and pick it up. You also want to check out Nikki Grimes' website, which is Nikki Grimes, N-I-K-K-I-G-R-I-N-E-S.com, and she has massive amounts of information there, not just about her. She has supporting writers, uh, editors, like I said, um, teachers, all types of things to help anybody related to writing and poetry. She's got it there. It's just amazing. So check her out, uh, NikkiGrimes.com. You guys have a great weekend. And guess what? I got a good surprise for you on Monday. This Monday, yes, I know it's not a Saturday, but I I got a great chance to speak with Angela Lewis. She's from FX Network's Snowfall Show. So that's Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be speaking with her March 29th. Okay, so you want to check out that call and um, maybe ask her a question about what's going on with Snowfall. All right, you guys have a great weekend. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.